0: Allah loves us. There must Mm. be a reason why we are here in this world. There is a reason for you to be in this world and you must find your purpose in life. And Mm. once you find your purpose in life, inshallah, the way will be so easy for you to achieve whatever that you dream in.
1: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to another episode on the Mizi Wahid Podcast. As usual, I am truly, truly grateful for all of your support, all the love that you show to this podcast, it means so much to me and my team that you choose us to be one of your favourite things to listen to on the go, when at work, when doing your mundane chores at home, whatever it is. I I really appreciate every time I see somebody sharing and tagging and you know commenting, letting me know that they enjoy, they benefit from the podcast that I put out uh, every week. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by How House of Spectacles. If you need a proper diagnosis of your eye condition or you're simply looking for a new pair of glasses, contact House of Spectacles today. Call 88251701. That's 88251701. Or you can visit them at House of Spectacles located at 390 Victoria Street, Golden Landmark Shopping Centre. Unit number 0139. You'll find them at level one, so please pay them a visit soon. And thank you, House of Spectacles, for your support for this week's episode. Today, I have an amazing guest with me. He is known as the top Malaysian designer in the country, and he is somebody who uh, I have recently, but you know, have fondly been following and looking at. You know, all the accomplishments that he's had. Uh, I'm really, really inspired to learn more about what made him into the person that he is today. What were some of the challenges that he has that he had to face because these are the kind of stories that normally excite me, and also what are some of his uh, big plans for the future. The man that I have with me today is Dato' Jovian Mandagi. Assalamualaikum, Dato'.
0: Waalaikumsalam, warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Ustaz. Please call me by the name of Jovian.
1: Uh, Jovian is fine. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Jovian is uh, good enough.
1: Uh, thank you so uh, much. Okay, thank you Jovian. So much
0: for having me, Ustaz.
1: Yes. Um, I mean, you know, You are a very accomplished person in your industry. I see your name being mentioned anywhere and everywhere when it comes to fashion, when it comes to the big celebrities and what they wear, you know. But I would love to know about you first. You know, like who is Jovian from? From your upbringing, your childhood, where you came from, basically your roots, because when I whenever I read biographies of people. You know we we pick up the book to read about somebody because of what they've accomplished, about the impact that they've achieved but when i when I actually read the book, I always want to know about how they got started, you know what were the values and principles that were instilled in them growing up that made them and shaped them into the person they are today and so um you know i'm I'm getting straight to it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But I would love to know uh, a bit about yourself and, and your life story, if you don't mind.
0: Sure, Seth. Thank you very much. First of all, before I answer your first question, I would like to humbly thank you for having me on this uh, podcast uh, series. And I would like to say alaikum and hi to everyone who is listening and thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode. And I'm very, very excited to share everything that will be uh, shared uh, today. And uh, yeah, so first question from you, starts um, my background and also how's my childhood life and uh, what have shaped me to be who I am today. Uh, I am, uh, I I come from a very humble um, middle-class family um, being raised uh, pretty normal. Um, um, very middle class upbringing. Nothing special. Nothing lavish, uh, as compared to uh, what I have today. I mean, I'll mm. uh, my, uh, I, <clears throat> I, I was born in Indonesia, Jakarta. Mm. And my mom and uh, dad uh, both are Indonesian, uh, but they got separated when I was actually one years old. Oh. So I was raised in a, I would say, a broken family, a broken unit, where that where I don't have. A father figure since i was small mm. uh, but that makes my bond with my mom very very close in fact we are still very close to today we treat each other more like a friend rather than mother and son mm. i love her so much mm. she mm. means the world to me and
1: um is she my, in malaysia now
0: yeah she is in malaysia uh and uh, at the age of two years old uh, i was actually left uh, to uh, to be uh, to be raised by my grandmother until the age of five because my oh. mom had to work uh, back in Jakarta and she traveled a lot to Malaysia until she found my stepfather who is uh, Malaysian and then at the age of five then uh, she decided to marry. Uh, she, I mean that was in year 1991 uh, when she decided to marry him and then uh, he decided to bring me and my mom to Malaysia and we all moved to Malaysia and that's where it all started you know. Um, So yeah at the age of five years old, I moved to Malaysia and I uh, got my early education, kindergarten, primary school, up to universities, all in Malaysia. Uh, But obviously I mean living Life um, where there is no real father figure, it is different compared to being uh, being raised in a family where your father and mother is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, my stepfather, uh, he is not a bad person, but he is not a very welcoming stepfather mm. uh, that uh, lead me to be uh, even closer to my mom. You know, mm. uh, which is great. I think uh, that that have shaped me to be a person who really appreciate my mom and Mm -hmm. learn everything from my mom. And there's one thing that my mom has always taught me that uh, you must work hard for your life and you must be independent Mm -hmm. because no one will um, support you, no one will take care of you, especially Mm if mom is gone. see, So she has been instilling that since I was small and I think that is one of the reasons why I mature really fast. I think mm. I remember at the age of 10 years old, uh, my mom has started to even share with me real life problem, marriage problem, financial problem that
1: so you you matured pretty quickly as a result, right? Very quickly, yeah.
0: very quickly. And um I and I'm I'm glad that I, I am exposed with all that. I mean it doesn't give any bad impact to me, to be mm. very honest. Um do I regret um, having a short childhood? Not really, because I actually learned really fast. Like I said, I mean, at the age of 10, I'm mean, exposed to adult issues, adult problems. I mean, at the age of 12, my mom asked me to work for her already, helping mm. her with accounts. I guess there's a reason why I'm very good with money. You know? <laughs> <That's good>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so. You got a head start. When, when all other students never even learn about money in school, you got it, Yeah. You know. Exactly.
0: Yeah. age of 12, you know, uh, at the age of 12, I was assisting, uh, assisting her with her accounts, uh, with her bookkeeping, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I mean, I had a pretty fun and happy childhood, to be very Did, honest. Do you have
1: uh, any siblings?
0: Yes, I do have step uh, siblings, another three of them. Oh, uh, okay. And we grew up together. And um, the fact that, you see, uh, so until the age of, I can't remember, year 2000, year 2000 so I was 14 years old. That's when my mom also got divorced with my stepfather. And that uh, eventually um, led me to have a, a bigger role in the family where I had to become a father figure to mm. my siblings, my step siblings. Uh, because my mom is always busy working. Uh, she's a beautician, by the way. She's one mm. of the uh, very renowned and also famous beautician at her time, at her era. Uh, She uh, actually, um, her clients are mostly all the big stars in Malaysia. Mm. One of the reasons why I'm very exposed with the celebrity life since I was small. So yeah, at the age of 14, then I had to take a bigger responsibility in life where uh, mom and stepfather got divorced and I have to take care of my siblings. I had to cook for them when there's no mate. So I had to really uh, discipline them, make sure that they um, work on their homeworks, manage their timing from school, tuition class, etc. Even at the age of 15, I had I first class. <laughs> You were like
1: a parent. You were like am, a parent.
0: I yeah. am a father in the family. <laughs> I I I even my mom even bought me a car when I was 15 years old. Illegal. Wow. I wow. illegally drove my siblings to school because really? I had to take that responsibility. Mm. Um no regrets, no regrets. I, I I actually matured really fast. I took up a very um heavy responsibility mm. since uh, early age. And... Um, you know,
1: Jovian, sorry to intercept, but when I when I listen to all that you're sharing here, you know, it always brings me to the kind of issues that people normally tell me. You know, I get a lot of DMs every day, people sharing with me their issues, their problems, their challenges. And I believe that a person's mindset in the face of such, you know, unfortunate circumstances is really what differentiates and separates them from the rest. you know, Because another person who went through some things very similar to what you went through growing up, broken family twice, having younger step-siblings, having to be a parent at such a young age, having to listen to your parents' issues, could have actually caused them to give up on life, could have caused them to just curse their luck. But um, you took a different kind of mindset and I love how you said that, you know what? You know, I, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. You, you kept saying that a few times. It shows that you saw the hikmah or the wisdom behind all the things that have happened. Instead of complaining and getting angry, you said, okay, this is uh, the cards that I've been dealt with. I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to use it um, to benefit. Yeah.
0: So I think since small, I have been not only trained, but uh, you're right about the mindset where for me, a problem is an issue for you to tackle and face on. it's not something that you want to run away from you see so at the age of 10 for example um, one of the biggest um, uh, one of the biggest uh, events that happened in my life was one night my mom wanted to actually kill herself because mm. she wanted to give up uh, on life because uh, she had a bad marriage uh, no one to support her um, she was alone. And I was facing a mama who was breaking down and wanted to give up in life. And as a son, I think I had to be responsible and to be there to help her. Mm -hmm. And to help her is to elevate her spirit, to tell her that, no, mom, you can't give up on life because you still have me and I still need you. And mm. we made a promise to each other that we will support each other and we will help each other to go through this life. you mm. know, And I always tell her that I don't think that we have a horrible life. yes, we don't have a complete unit in in, in our family, but we still have each other. Mm. And um, I'm glad that my mom actually took that seriously and eventually never ever wanted to give up on life ever again because she realized that I do need her and I appreciate that she is there. And that also gave me better purpose in life since I was really small, since 10 years old, that I need to help my mom. So my, my purpose in life since I was small is to help my mom, to help this family. And it's a responsibility that I take really seriously. Mm. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's a really beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it must have been really hard as a young person seeing that the one person you really loved and cared for wanted to give up on everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I guess it took a lot as well at that moment for you to be strong for her, yeah. to be there for her, to support her emotionally, spiritually. Uh, but, Alhamdulillah, you made it, you know. You made it and, and you know, your mom must be really, really proud uh, of everything that you've achieved so far. Alhamdulillah. Right? Mashallah.
0: One of the reasons why I, um, I am able to actually understand about all this and also willing to accept all the problems in life since I was small is the fact that my mom have been sharing about all the hardship in life since I was really, really small. Mm. And that makes me understand and uh, willing to accept it rather Mm. than blaming life and blaming faith. Because Mm. I think a lot of cases where children become rebellious and blame life and think that God has been unfair towards them is because they were not aware what was happening in their family And uh, parents were not being transparent about their feelings and also challenges that they face in life, Mm, you know. mm. And I I also believe that a lot of families or parents try to portray a happy or perfect marriage or life towards their kids when it is not the reality. And then suddenly things just shattered and break into pieces and the children or the kids will get surprised and shocked. Mm. And that's when all the, um, I mean, all, all the heartbroken family, I mean, heartbreaking kids will turn into a rebellious person.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. we see this happening a lot of the social issues today tends to start from there, mm-hmm. uh, when the family fails, um, so to speak, and then it just it's, it's a vicious cycle. Then yeah. the children start to feel like okay this is life this is my luck you know i'm I'm going to continue this whatever that my parents did to me whatever that my parents did not give me you know i'm just going to continue rebelling throughout yeah. life you know yeah. and it's yeah. really sad to be honest um so if you know that that's that's a really inspiring <laughs> um journey i know it's very brief and we don't have all day but thank you for sharing that um, if I may, um, just move on now with the beginning of the Jovian Mandagi brand, right? Sure. How did you get start? How did you get inspired by it, and what made you want to start it? Um, and you know, what were some of the challenges in starting a business? Right.
0: So while I'm in high school, um, I have been um, into i mean i'm very very into uh mathematics and physics and i love anything to do with engineering it and architecture so after finishing spm i thought that architecture would be the uh, dream career for me and then i told my mom, mom i want to be an architect and uh, i enrolled myself to uh, my first university which is salim kock university I had two semesters on uh, on architecture course, and then I realized that damn, I had enough of mathematics. (laughs) I don't think I want to deal with mathematics anymore because it gets tougher and tougher. And I eventually realized that I don't have a life. I thought that university life should have been fun. Mm. And then, at the point of time, at the age of, I was about 18 or 19, uh, while I was in in, in university, I was also doing a lot of modeling jobs. So, a lot of my peers are also models and fashion designers. Mm. And I get to see their lifestyle, comparing to...
1: Was that your first exposure to the fashion industry? That's right. Okay.
0: And uh, I get to to compare the lifestyle of being in the fashion industry compared to architecture. Uh, Then I started to question myself, do I want to be that geek and boring person where your life is all about reading and uh, and and just learning and also begin school? And then I started to realize that, oh my God, the path or the path of being an architect will be too long. Mm. The study itself will take about six years and then after that, you have to practice for another four years. Then only you will be certified and, and a certified architect, and mm. then only you get to build your first building. Oh my god, ten years! I'm a very impatient person. I <laughs> think I can wait. You know? yeah. So I, 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 I told myself maybe I should just try fashion because I look at all my fashion designers, and the career looks fun. It's so glamorous. It's mm. interesting. You get to meet a lot of friends, a lot of parties to attend to. Uh, so why not give it a try? Then I ask around and I, I get some advice from my fashion designer friend and they told me that, Joven, you know what? Fashion is so easy. It's all a matter of taste and Mm. having to understand about fashion, construction. And that's it, you know. So, so who
1: were who were some of your earliest mentors or people you looked up to in fashion? So
0: his name is Saiful Othman. He's one of the designers that was very famous and popular in the late uh, '90s, uh, mm-hmm. early 2000. But he is now based in uh, London. So he's one of good friends of mine who have taught me about fashion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so after after having to be advised by some of our fashion designer friends, then I went to my mom and her, Ma, I think I want to change course to fashion. Um, How did
1: she react to it? From architecture not to...
0: Not good at all. Not mm-hmm. good at all. Because her first reaction was, What? You want to turn into a transverse type? <laughs> because that has always been a, an idea. You know, if you become a fashion designer, you turn into a transverse type or... You no, know, you, you get what I mean, right? Yeah. So... I, t- I said, no, I wouldn't. I just want to take fashion as a career. And I mm. believe that I can do well because mm. I have always loved fashion. I am a fashionable person and I have always been exposed by the beauty and lifestyle industry from you, you know? Mm. But she was very very determined that I shouldn't take it and uh, she disagreed for me to change the course but next day I went to the uni and took the uh, course uh, uh, transfer form forged her signature and I, cha- <laughs> I changed the, the course immediately <laughs> that's me that's me mm. I, I don't take no in life mm. I don't take no in life for me uh, nothing is impossible. You know, mm. if you want it, you go for it. That's me It's small.
1: And know? I think your mom only said no, beca- out of love. You know, because she wanted to protect you. She felt like it wouldn't work, and that's why she right. wanted you to pursue. But you knew better as the person living it yourself. That's you could right. see yourself actually doing well in that industry, that's so right. you you did it. Yeah,
0: that's right. So. I uh, pursue uh, the, the the change of the course. And after three months that she found out that I have changed the course, uh, we had, con- I had to confront to her and I have to, I mean, uh, eventually admit to her. So the ultimatum from her was Joff, okay, I accept that you really want and you, you also determine that you want to take up fashion, but this is your last chance. If you fail on this course, I will never pay any other tuition fees for you? Mm. This is it. So mm. you either do it, or nail it, or you fail. You see, mm. and, I, I, and I take it as a challenge. And uh, since then, I never look back. I really work hard on my course, I really study hard. And I've really learned about everything when it comes to fashion and retail. And Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, uh, the journey has been very easy for me. There's a lot of supportive uh, people in the fashion industry that I know since my modeling days. And they have given me a lot of good opportunities in opening the door for me to, for mm. example, like my first uh, client was actually a celebrity, Rosa. Mm. She was my first Rosa, client. Wow. Rosa was my first client. Can you believe it or not? What,
1: what a way I mean, to start things off.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second client was Ratu, Teman, uh, Tapi Musra, you know. And then after oh. that was uh, uh, Ning Bazura back in Malaysia. Mm. And uh, it just never stopped. I mean, Allah has really blessed my life to meet me with really good uh, soul, really supportive friends who led me to really start in a very good way. You know? mm. Alhamdulillah.
1: Let, let, let's talk about that a bit because I always believe that the people... Who got sent into our life is there for a reason. Sometimes it could be to test us, to test our patience, you know, sometimes to give us difficulty as per you know your history of growing up. Mm-hmm. But sometimes some people are sent to to present to us opportunities or to help us realize our true potential. That's right. right. That's like people right. who actually right. believe in you say Jovian, I think you can do it. I think you can make it. That's I want right. you to try to do something for this big name person, right? And you're like, maybe there's a part of you who are like a bit shaken. Are you sure? <laughs> but then it's like you went with it, um, and I think from there it grew. What yeah. what's your take on that? What's your take on the people who enter and exit our lives? You know, the kind of impact they have. Are they important to you?
0: So I think I think yes, of course. Um, for me, friends and peers, I mean, people that really enter your life, it is also by choice. Um, they don't come to you. I mean, yes, there are some lucky people that receive a lot of people in their lives that really helps them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think for me, um, it is by choice because mm. I want to be successful and I have always uh, set my mind that I, to be successful, you need to be around and to be uh, friends with all the successful people in the industry. Mm. Simple, you know. So, I choose to be friends with all the celebrity managers. I choose to be friends with all the top models. I choose to be friends with fashion week organizers so that I will be exposed and to be introduced to the right people.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Jovin, that's why I'm friends with you because I want to go into the fashion <laughs> industry also. <laughs>
0: For sure, sir. For sure, just, you will just be the most stylish ustas on <laughs> earth. Okay. Oh, I, I would
1: definitely get you to design something for me, man. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about something a bit more current. Okay. Uh we all know how much um you know COVID nineteen the pandemic has changed uh, everything. Yeah, changed the way we live our lives. How it has affected businesses. Just a quick one first. Um, did did your brand your business get affected, in a, in exactly. any way because of exactly. it? Definitely. Mm. i mean um and what what do you do to just um you know
0: it, it's so hard to describe the feelings when the country announced for a lockdown or even when the world announced that mm. we are facing a big global pandemic where everybody just have to shut down all countries just have to shut down you know and being a business owner uh, where i have 100 people working for me it is a big slack. Mm. Because there's a lot of uncertainty, you start to question: Will I survive this? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I get through it? I mm-hmm. mean, how? What will happen to my team? What will happen to their families? You know, mm. um, there's a lot of fear. There's, there was a lot of fear. I couldn't sleep on the first few nights of uh, the first lockdown. You know, mm-hmm. because I have no clue what and how will we react to this. And I could foresee that, I mean, in Malaysia, when we announced for the first lockdown, the uh, government says that, the PM says that, oh, it will be uh, two weeks. I believe that it will be longer than two weeks because Mm. I understand the seriousness of this pandemic. I understand how fast the virus spread and how it will impact the community and the people if we don't have a total lockdown. Mm. So it really... um, it, it it was, it was, it was a period of time that was not nice to be uh, remembered for yeah. me. I think, but I'm glad that I have a supportive family who mm. believe in me. I have I have a supportive team who believe in me. I remember one day before the lockdown, uh, we had a town hall in the office, and I told them, you know what, guys, um, don't worry, uh, don't don't be afraid that you will lose your job. I Will promise you, and I will make sure that none of you will lose your uh, job, and none of you will uh, lose your source of income. Mm. I will figure this out. That was mm. my promise to the team.
2: Mm. And
0: at a point of time, I was I have no idea what to do. You know, yeah. I have <laughs> no. I was still yeah. very hopeful to find mm. something. But Alhamdulillah, um, after day after days. Uh, I think Allah really loved me. Uh, I have no, I have no clue what I have done right to to Allah or to uh, people around me that I am this blessed. That
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it started with the PPE um, guns, uh, 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 the PPE uh, episode. I mean, the mm-hmm. Joven Mandagi PPE uh, episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. one day, I saw the news um, um, showing that all the frontliners are suffering from the shortage the shortage of PPE mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that they had to cover themselves with ponchos, uh, mm-hmm. rainbows, or even mm-hmm. um, garbage, uh, plastics. Mm-hmm. So that really breaks my heart. How mm-hmm. can the government or you let our frontliners who are battling with the virus, mm-hmm. protecting themselves with something that is not even functional? Yeah. Because it's not right. Is That's mm-hmm. not the right way to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I started to... That, that, that's when the first idea came uh, to me when, hey, I have a workshop of 40 people who can sew a PPE gown, who's not doing anything, we don't have jobs at that point of time. Mm. Why not start and sew PPE for them? Mm. And obviously, um, I guess, Alhamdulillah, I'm also being, being creative. I want to stand out from what other PPEs that is in the market. Mm-hmm. So we created a white PPE that um that portrays the pureness and cleanliness and uh, the, mm. the, the cleanliness of uh, of all our frontliners who are battling for the the pandemic you know mm. uh and uh, alhamdulillah gladly uh, the public takes that really well uh it went viral uh we even um started a fundraising mm. a fundraising to uh, how, how
1: many how many ppes were you able to fundraise uh,
0: ten thousand pieces of wow. PPE. Yeah, from only uh, one brand. I think that's quite impressive.
1: Very we impressive. Made,
0: yeah. Uh, we managed to fundraise fund up to about two hundred seventy thousand ringgit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and we managed to actually uh distribute our PPE up to about sixty main hospitals around mm. Malaysia. Uh, who are handling uh, direct uh, COVID cases at that point of time. And during that time also, then I started to question myself, so what's next? You know, uh, I don't think PPE is going to be my next business because I, <laughs> I don't think that is a business, you know. Yeah, and right. I, uh, then uh, I started to uh, get that. And then one of my um, production managers came to me and asked me, uh, boss, what are we going to do next we don't have job to do i mean we uh, we are done with ppe what's next and then at that point of time there was a face mask in front of me and mm. it was a triply mask and i look at it oh my god this triply mask looks so ugly on every face <laughs> why is everyone why does everyone have to look like a nurse mm. walking around the town you know mm. when you can actually make a face mask looks beautiful so mm. i put my production manager, uh, his name is jack jack we have this fabric. Let me draw a pattern. Let's try it and make a face mask out of fabric. Mm. So that's how the Jovin fabric face mask started. It and looks
1: so. It looks so good, though. Your face masks. Yeah, up. the masks, right? Um, I mean, initially when when the lockdown happened, when there's this new norm where we all had to wear masks, it was just wearing it because we had to. Correct. But now knowing that we have to wear it everywhere we go it becomes a fashion statement too mm-hmm. people don't just want to wear a simple one they want to like this is a this is how i want to look like and i can dress nicely everywhere but then the mask is like a you know like the the medical the surgical, mask, the surgical here. mask yeah correct then it's, it's it's something's off um and i think you came in very timely and you were very fast as well i would say to enter into the market to do that and uh, i think uh, you are reaping the rewards as well Brilliant. Mm. Yeah,
0: so I, I never in my life would have thought that I would be designing a mask, being a fashion designer. Uh, but it is indeed truly a blessing that we ventured into it. Uh so when we first launched our mask, I remember we only had about 500 pieces uh, and we uh, sell it online. Immediately, within five minutes, it was sold out. You know, wow. and, and we were so shocked. And then we didn't know that the response would be that great. You know, mm. And ever since then, uh, we keep on producing and we keep on uh, uh, improving the quality, the feel of it, the look of it. And we started to make it more fashionable. Mm. Something that people can match with their outfits on a daily basis and things like that. And uh, I think over the period of three or four months later, uh, after working on fabric masks, then I started to realize that there are still a lot of, uh, a big number of people who believe in 3ply mask because they mm. feel that 3ply mask protects them better mm. and it's more convenient that you just wear it and dispose them of every day after wearing it. Then I ventured in and, and, and then I managed to actually find uh, a very good uh, uh, factory based in Malaysia who produce of high quality mass a triplely mask. all right so so yeah and then I found a very good factory who can supply to my needs uh, so I told them that I want it to be premium quality individually packed and I want it printed with my monogram and everything and uh, they Produce uh, about two thousand boxes at that point of time. So we launched it again, and alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. uh, Within two minutes, again, (laughs) two (laughs) thousand in two minutes. Two thousand in two minutes. I mean, uh, thank God for the technology that we have today. You know, Mm. yeah. So ever since then, I, I I keep on producing a face mask. But the philosophy of our face mask is that we produce a very good quality and functional. Uh, stylish face mask that yeah. affordable because we believe that you can't take advantage on this product. You know, you want everybody get to be to be able to own one, so they feel good about it. They get to wear them and they can really enjoy the benefit of it. So mm. no, we never price it high, although we know that we can actually price it higher. But we believe in giving back to the community mm. and the fact that we price it right the support and the response has been phenomenal. Alhamdulillah. I think
1: it's a a combination of many factors, right? Um, Good design, comfort, functionality, and uh, affordability, right? right. I think you you just had everything, the right formula, perfect. You launched it. That's why it works so well, Mashallah. So
0: to answer your question, how this pandemic has treated us, I mean, as a business or as a brand, I always share this to my team of friends. Um, I think in any hardship or challenges, uh, especially this pandemic, it has closed a lot of businesses and opportunities. But for those who see the new opportunities, opportunities within this pandemic, you will gain something out of it. And mm. Alhamdulillah, I saw the opportunity and we gained something out of it. And mm. this pandemic has been a blastful journey for us, I mean, mm. the company, the business have grown even better compared to any other years.
1: Amazing, oh. mashallah. Um, I was just about to ask you, but you already answered it. I was just about to ask like, because there are so many businesses that suffered, businesses mm-hmm. that gave up, you know, and some of them are not young businesses. Some of them are quite established names. But they had to close down because perhaps they could not see what you mentioned earlier, the opportunities amidst all the uncertainties and and all the setbacks, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I totally agree with you. Like, for me as well, I had to pivot the whole thing and move everything online. I'm big on events, so I I conduct events all the time. For the last 10, 11 years, I've been doing events. And then suddenly being told that I cannot do events... Uh, I travel a lot for my trainings and my events, and I can't travel. But it's it's about moving everything on online, right. and and still, uh, but being quick at it as well. So we actually moved all my events from February, um, two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. when uh, people only started to move. I saw in mid or late March, April, May, you know, later on, and so making that move early was very very critical. And I agree with you. Now, now, looking at this, since I've opened up more online programs, I have a more internationally diverse audience, which, which would not have happened, right? Um, if I said, no, never. I, I only do Singaporeans in Singapore, Malaysians in Malaysia, Bruneians in Brunei. If I, if I did that, you know, it would, it would still be very limiting. Um, so I'm, I'm so thankful as well that my team was also very uh, adaptive uh, when, when we had to change.
0: I think I think the 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 quality that we share in this uh, event is that we deal with problems, us, Right? Mm-hmm. You don't run away from problems. I think a lot of people who have done mistakes in life uh, are those who run away from problems, who hide away from problems. You see, we I think in in life, whether it is marriage, whether it is work, family, or anything. You just have to deal with your problems. Mm, <laughs> like, for sure. when you deal Maybe with them, you try a lot, There will be ways to get out of it. Right.
1: Mm, very true. Okay, so um, Jovian, I know that when I when I interview someone like you, when people see your name popping up on my feed, um, they're gonna. It's going to attract for sure a lot of um, fashion students because they look up to you. Your name is very well known in the region, and so my question would be. On behalf of them, I suppose. <laughs> what kind of advice do you have for them? Uh, if they have dreams and aspirations to enter into the fashion industry, uh, what kind of you know career path would you advise them to take? Um, what should they try? What should they avoid? You know, I'm pretty sure they would appreciate whatever advice you can give.
0: Certainly, us. So, I think my very honest advice to all our friends or students who have the interest to enter into fashion just be very very sure that you want to enter an industry that is actually very challenging um, I believe that all businesses are that they have their own challenges but fashion you need to be able to, bear the emotional challenges, mental challenges, and also be able to cope with the change that fashion has. That is true when people say fashion moves really fast. One day you're in, one day you're out. Or even the quote when people say that, oh, fashion is a very bitchy industry. It it is all true. Hmm. When I entered into fashion, I got shocked and and surprised by the way how people behave in this industry. There's a lot Mm. of of envy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, unhealthy um, uh, competition, you know, which eventually um, made me want to just be alone and do my own business and not be friends with many designers because Mm. it's rather toxic sometimes. And the fact that you have to cope with the movement of fashion requires- The the, the trends
1: are always changing, yeah?
0: Always changing. It Mm. requires a lot of hard work. You need to cope with the movement. You know, you can't be comfortable. I think it it is different with FMB, for example. FMB, you just create one really champion menu and you can sell that menu for the next 10 years, but not fashion. Fashion moves every six months. Today, Mm. you serve a tomorrow you have to serve B and the next day you have to serve C. So you have to be constantly creative. You you need to have this drive where you love to create new things every day. And Mm. Alhamdulillah, I love doing it. Mm. And that's what makes me feel very happy to be in fashion because I think that's my passion. I love creating new things every day and I never complain about doing that. And I'm I, I think that excites me the most to be in fashion. You are able to create beautiful things every single day, and there's mm. no limitation, limitation to it. You know. Yeah. Um, so you enjoy
1: freedom to create. Yeah.
0: Correct, and I think um, the the ability to create, get to express to express your creativity and also your personality as a fashion designer, uh, and there's a beauty of it. So yeah. But uh, my very honest uh, advice. To any designers who wants to start uh, a fashion uh, career is that make sure that you do not expect that the life of a fashion designer is all about that glamorous lifestyle. I'm pretty
1: sure that's the first impression a lot of people think. Of
0: course, you know, it's not about the red carpet. It's about the behind the scene. It's about the sleepless nights of creating a particular collection, Mm. getting ready for a a fashion week or a fashion show, you know. And uh, also, dealing with customers is the most challenging part of it. (laughs) You know, customers are not easy. I mean, Mm. like whether they pay you... Uh, a, hun- a thousand ringgit dollar dress or ten thousand ringgit dollars dress the same it's the same, the, same. Mm-hmm. And the effort and the the the, 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 the effort and the hardship is just
1: the same alright that's, that's really amazing um, okay I want to just ask you a bit about your family now Your your your, your, your wife mm-hmm. your beautiful family your daughter uh, who I, I normally see you post about her. <laughs> so yeah, I love her so much. Um, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> yeah, what what is their role in everything that you do today? You know, the kind of support that they give, the kind of motivation that they uh, provide for you.
0: Alhamdulillah, uh, since more, I have been very blessed where I am uh, surrounded by a very supportive family. Uh, my mom has always been very supportive to what I want to do in life. And when I met my wife, um, she is a very supportive uh, person next to me who never limit my movement, who never had doubts in what I can do in life and mm. who are always ready to support me whenever I am down or I am in need of someone to listen to my struggle in mm. work or life. Per se, you know, uh, Nina has always been my soulmate, uh, she listens to me well. She support and uh, always believe in me. And I think that is the reason why, uh, since I got married to her, things even get a lot better. Bigger, in fact, we mm-hmm. grow even faster because she let me um, be who I am and also uh, let me achieve my dream. You know, mm. um, there is no envy because I do know that there are some couples who are envious of each other, who eventually block each other's dreams. Yeah, you, you can
1: go big, but never bigger than me, that kind of thing.
0: That's right, right? Yeah. That happens, that happens. Yeah. Eh? I, I see that happening uh, in some of my friends' uh, marriage. Eh? And I'll have you like that, it doesn't, doesn't happen uh, between me and Nina. In fact, we always drive each other to make sure that we achieve bigger and greater in life, mm. uh, especially in our career. Uh, but one thing that I also uh, value is that understanding that my business is my business, your business is your business. I think mm. there's a healthy marriage. That's true. <laughs> you don't want to involve marriage and business together, and you mm. don't want to be sleeping on a bed with your business partner. I That's think. True. I think that's uh, fundamental. That's of a
1: very wise now. thing because I I do sometimes ask I, I have friends mm-hmm. where two business husband and wife the same business and I wonder how they do it right. because you're gonna have uh, arguments in the office about some decisions and then you have to go back home if your children pretend that it was nothing happened. <laughs> Stop. Exactly. Stop. exactly. but yeah, I mean some people apparently can do it. So
0: yeah, and I also believe that in marriage you need to have your own time, your your own space. When, yes, yes. when you get that, uh you will start to always have a constant missing feeling. You know, when you mm. are always with each other, when would you create that missing feeling, you mm. know, right? Yeah. So I think that's important. So that you still get your space even yeah. after marriage. Yeah. I'm
1: curious, <laughs> what what do you do to to chill, to take a break, to?
0: Mm. <laughs> so um. To take a break, uh, Alhamdulillah, Ustaz. Um, throughout my journey, I see your life. bicycle there, the back there. Yeah, my bicycle is one of them. Uh, but one of one of it is that you see, I, I, my life is pretty hectic to be very mm-hmm. honest. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, throughout my life, throughout my journey in life, I found God. Um, uh, during my first umbrah and that's when I uh, started to like really pray and be a good Muslim. So one of the things that really chilled me is listening to Quran and listening mm. to the uh, to be very honest. Uh, mm. and During during really tough days and challenging days uh, just listening by listening to Al or even Yasin really helps my soul and um, to calm me down. You know? Soothes, the soul. Soothes the soul. And uh, solat has been helpful as well. I mean, mm-hmm. able to connect to God alhamdulillah uh, that really helps uh, but I'm part of that a part of that um of course bicycle is one of them uh, I love love being on the road I love being on the saddle uh, there's a new hobby that I picked up just a year ago you go uh, if
1: you you go with your wife right Nina right? Yeah, I, see.
0: I go so, with my wife, but also my group of friends. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more fun when you go in a group because
1: you eh? have
0: each other to take care of each other. One, yeah. and also you get to explore new roads because mm. I'm very bad with roads. I don't, <laughs> <buy>. <laughs> so I don't know where to go, you see. Yeah. So the fact that you have a right leader guides you where to go and things like that. Uh, but bicycle is really a fun hobby simply because when you're on the road, when you're on the saddle, uh, it's just you and the two wheels. Mm. You get to focus and forget about your hurdle in life. Mm. You forget about everything in life and just mm. focus and be close to nature. You mm. see? I love riding my bicycle into the jungles or even hills. Like for example, I went up to Cameron Highlands, Fraser wow. uh, Hills and all. And those are really, I mean, of course it is tough, but...
1: Physically oh, challenging and demanding.
0: Yeah, mm. to the mind. And mm. so, it was so beautiful. Mm. it was so beautiful it was not even a torture when, when I when I told my friends oh I went up to Cameron for them it was like torture why do you kill yourself <laughs> you know for me it's like no oh, it's it's meditating mm. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of my friends are now into cycling as well, and they're saying, "Mzee, Ma, I don't sure? know. I don't. I don't see myself doing that. I mean, I I jog though. I run, but I don't. I don't cycle. Maybe. Maybe at some point when somebody convinces me, uh, well enough. Maybe. Maybe it's you. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: when, the, when, when the border opens, I will make you come to KL and I will make you ride. Wow. <laughs> so
1: now I'm I'm less uh excited to go KL now. to <laughs> 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 okay, that um, though I've been every guest that I have, I always give them a chance to ask me a question. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you ask me one question later. But I have one more thing to ask you. I saw that recently on your social media account. Correct me if I'm wrong. You, you, you wanted you you asked a lot of small businesses That's if right. they need help um to promote or need help in any way or any form. And I saw that the response was. You know, overwhelming. So many of them clearly you needed help, um, and you very generously, you know, give your time and tried to respond to each and every one, and and that's beautiful. Um, what are your plans for this? Do you have any specific plans for this to help more smaller businesses?
0: Yeah, alhamdulillah, Ustaz. Um So the reason behind this is that uh, when I see, because during this pandemic, obviously I went through that phase of. Having not having any plans for the future, mm. or even having the the fear of losing everything that I have built, mm. and Alhamdulillah, I was not affected because I managed to pivot my my direction of business and get out of it. You know, but I know there are a lot of businesses or families or even people entrepreneurs who become the victim of pandemic, and they are suffering. They are suffering. They have lost their job. They have lost their businesses. Mm. They have lost their savings. And with my experience, with my knowledge, and also with my expertise, I believe that I can help them. And so I have created two platforms. One is my Jovian Dropship program, where I create a, a program for people to sell everything that is on Joven ready-to-wear mm. with no investment, with no experience. We guide them how to sell them. They don't have to stock up the stock. We do deliveries for them. We manage the stocks. We manage uh, customer service. All they need to do is refer every single product on Joven ready-to-wear to their friends or family members. Mm. So after that, then later grow through um, customers from, from social media or even colleagues at their offices at like that. Mm. That's the first um, platform that I have built and Mm -hmm. it's uh, running. Alhamdulillah, over the past three months, we have built quite a strong community of 500 dropshippers. And they are all active. uh, Active because I am always there for them. I Mm. guide them personally. I do weekly coaching for them because Mm. I believe that if you don't, coach and direct them, they will be lost in the middle of the way. And True. that's why they give up because they just don't know what to do next. So They might feel stuck.
1: They might they might have a rough day. They might, you know, give up, you know.
0: And rejection. Rejection. They, mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with rejection because in business, it's all a matter of being accepted or rejected. But mm-hmm. if you are new, your biggest fear is being rejected by customers. What if you am rejected? So I have to always be there to tell them, you know what? rejection is not bad at all. Rejection means the product is not for them. It's not Mm. that they don't like you. It's not that they don't accept you as a person, you know. So these are the things that I have to tell them, you know. Uh, And the next uh, uh, project that I have right now uh, running, which I am setting up, is a new app uh, that is called HeyHo. Inshallah, it will be available in Singapore soon if the success in Malaysia. So it's an app called HeyHo, a new platform for home chefs to operate their food businesses from home. So
1: mm-hmm. it's something like
0: grab food, mm-hmm. but is dedicated to all our home chefs. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that I have a lot of friends, Ustaz, who run uh, food businesses from home. Mm-hmm. And it is truly a hurdle to operate from home with no support, where they have to accept every single orders through WhatsApp, and you know, it takes up so much time to even accept one order. Sometimes 30 mm. minutes. You mm. know, because they, there's so many queries. Yeah. You need to get the, the information, etc. And then on top of that, you need to handle your grocery shopping. You need to cook or bake them yourself. You need to pack it yourself. And then the worst part is that you need to manage your delivery yourself. Mm. You need to call So are you
1: saying say that, that Hey Ho will handle all that? Everything. Facilitate? Wow. Everything. You, you know, Dato, I, I, I'm starting a business that is close to that probably just one aspect of that i would love to know more about hey ho, definitely for sure definitely,
0: yeah so we will launch hey ho dedicated to all home chef existing home chef as well as those housewife or anybody who have lost their job and sitting down at home not knowing what to do mm. i'm giving this platform to tell them you know what guys you lost your job you lost your businesses you have nothing else to do now in life but you do have kitchen at home.
2: <laughs>
0: Create a menu. Be on Heyho. You can start a business with just one single grocery shop. Simple. Mm. So the idea is, Heho get you to monetize your kitchen at home.
1: Mm. Simple. Amazing. I love this idea. It's disrupting. <laughs> it's disruptive as a as a business idea, but it's also extremely helpful. Um, to give new hope to a lot of individuals and families who have been hit very badly because of the pandemic. But I, I also sense that, you know, spe- specifically home cooks and home bakers because you, you, you yourself love to cook, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, the idea came about when I put myself in their position, you know, mm. if I am someone who is affected by pandemic now i have to cook from home and deal with this business oh my god all these hurdles who starts mm. is crazy mm. i mean like to manage everything by yourself is impossible mm. and unfortunately all the platform that is available in the market for example grab food for panda or others mm-hmm. they do not give this platform available for the home chef yes and not only that it's not available but the percentage that is taken from their it's uh, quite high It's too high mm. I mean, it's impossible to give away 30% from your home
1: It's true Food-based business That's basically yeah. all of your margin and more sometimes <laughs> Exactly exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm so looking forward idea, to that I can't, the I can't wait project, yeah, yeah.
0: To launch this Ramadan So, inshallah um,
1: Exciting I
0: mean, The idea is to help people I hope that yeah. Allah will help this venture as well Inshallah so, Exciting
1: the, times, inshallah I pray for the success Okay uh, Jovian, I mean, I uh, had a very wonderful chat with you. But as I mentioned earlier, if you have anything you want to ask me for a change.
0: Well, Ustaz, um, I have been reading um, uh, your books um, and it Thank has you. been very mindful and it has made me even uh, become even closer to God. You know, I love how subtle is your dakwah. I love how um, you make a uh, People believe that there's hope at the end of the junction, even mm-hmm. how hard your life is. Mm-hmm. But I do want to I do want you to share how do we get to connect with God even better. And also how do you want I mean because you see Alhamdulillah, I believe that's God. I believe Allah is always there for me. But mm-hmm. I do have a lot of friends or even family who have lost their faith towards God.
2: Mm.
0: How do we regain that? Maybe you can share that. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would want to hear that from you, although it has been written in your books, but hearing straight from you would be very nice.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Atok, for that question. Yeah, it is is, um, definitely, first of all, it's a challenging question, but it is a problem, a niggling problem for so many people. Um, sometimes not so much for themselves but for their loved ones and it actually hurts a lot it hurts when the people you love are not as close to the religion as you would want to see them Uh, and we know that even our Prophet peace be upon him experienced this pain himself when his dearest uncle, you know, you know, just when I heard you said that, oh, your mom had to work, your grandmother had to take care of you, reminded me of what the Prophet peace be upon him too. Like, the mom left him, then the grandfather took care of him. You know, like similar um, circumstances and challenges. Well, um, when the Prophet experienced the pain, um, he experienced it, but he never gave up trying, right? So I believe the first thing is you must never give up on your family. Even though they may give up on God, even though they may give up on religion, even though they may give up on you, like if you really love them, you would never give up on them. And there are so many ways for you to continue to keep them close, and one of them is to actually um, to, to talk to them constantly, to check on them regularly. And to not always you know, sometimes some people I see their strategy is quite it's, it's not very well thought through. Meaning, every time they meet this loved one, they will always start to berdakwah, you know? Uh, like, give a religious lecture to them. And that's not going to work because they're going to be turned off by you because they're like, Oh no, Jovian again, Mesti dia nak ceramah aku, Like, it's not going to be that way. So you need to be smarter. You need to be a bit more um, strategic in your approach. Sometimes you need to be subtle uh, and and use a lot of mercy you know, we underestimate the power of sometimes just using love as a method of um inviting someone to to get to know God even more because ultimately that is the most prominent qualities of Allah. You know, every single time we read the Quran Every single time we begin an act we always say bismillahir rahmanir rahim in the name of god the most loving the most merciful and yet when we want to invite people to the religion to get to be to be more spiritual we use force we are very harsh we are very judgmental we are very you know we use criticism and it doesn't it doesn't connect you know it doesn't like how are you trying to bring someone towards something that is all loving but you use a very forceful uh, method um, to bring them there and and even in the quran allah says um and by the it is by the mercy of god that you were able to be gentle towards them o muhammad you know uh, and if you had been harsh towards them then surely they would have run away from you and so people sometimes underestimate the power of being gentle being I, kind i agree with you being loving, yes. Um, and that is missing sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the ones who are already in faith, very much into the faith, they like the, you know, all hellfire and rimstone kind of lecture <laughs> as a reminder, as a wake-up call. But there's so many others out there who are nowhere near the faith and we need a different plan for them. We need a different way for them. And one last thing, Jovin, is that we must never stop praying for them. One thing that people underestimate is the power of a simple prayer. Nothing too complicated, no, you know, um big words in your prayer, just simple in it's your niyad.
0: It's niyad.
1: Yeah. is the niyad, is the sincerity <clears throat> of the dua, saying oh Allah, my family members are not yet close to you, but I I pray with full faith and with high hopes that you will bring them and guide them closer to you one day. And Jovian, I, I I can vouch for the fact that I have made such a prayer before when I was younger for some of my loved ones, and they are now all, all of them, masha'allah, are now very much close to the religion. They have made their hijrah, they have transformed. I'm not saying that it's because of my dua, but I'm saying that because I never gave up on them, you know? And 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 continue to believe that God is good, can uh if you're sincere, he will always help you. Sha'allah. Yes.
0: Alhamdulillah. Thank you very much,
1: Ustaz. No worries. Thank you so much for your question. Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. I learned so much from you and I really cannot wait to see you. Um, I will pretend that I'm injured so I don't have to ride the bicycle with you. But, <laughs> but definitely. You know
0: what, Ustaz? I am coming up with my own uh, cycling jersey gear.
1: Wow. Okay, so, maybe that will motivate me. Maybe.
0: So you will be the first Ustaz <laughs> on the cycling <side laughs> here. Uh, uh, how cool is that? 10, 10. Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: Now I, be, I have a bit of incentive. La. I'll, <laughs> I'll probably think about you it. Said you
0: want to be fashionable, right? So yes, yes. That would be a good start. Eh? <laughs> but you already are a fashionable uh, Ustaz already.
1: So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Nato, once again for your time. Thank you, everybody, wow. for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope you learned and took down some notes uh, from his life story, from his tips and advice in the fashion industry, in business and I hope you look forward too to some of the new programs that he'll be launching very very soon okay Rato, I wish you a very amazing uh, Ramadan that's just just around the corner and uh, please keep me in your prayers as well
0: inshallah Ustaz, thank you so much um, it has been a great session and fruitful session um, uh, I always adore how subtle you are as uh, a <laughs> and uh, your books have soothed my heart a lot as well Alhamdulillah.
1: Alhamdulillah. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank so, you. Uh it is definitely an honor to be able to have this session with you. And uh for all li- the listeners, uh thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this podcast. Uh it's it it is a one hour session, more than yeah. one hour session, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so i hope that it has been beneficial for many of you uh especially for those who might have shared the same uh background of me uh, growing up as a child in a broken family and also mm. went through such hardship and things like that just believe that um allah loves us there must mm. be a reason why we are here in this world and uh there is a reason for you to be in this world and you must find your purpose in life and mm. once you find your purpose in life inshallah the way will be so easy for you to achieve it, whatever that you dream in life. Inshallah.
1: Indeed, absolutely, yes. Those are the most uh, comforting and uh, inspirational words to close this <laughs> this session today. Thank you inshallah. once again. At have a wonderful week ahead. Take care. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.